That church needs to be opened up or raised to the ground. An empty church is bad mojo. Noah couldn't agree more. Despite being busy at the college where he taught, Noah couldn't get Virgin River, or that church, out of his mind. He took the idea of buying the church to the presbytery and found that they were already well aware of its existence. He showed them his digital pictures, and they agreed there was great potential. Placing a minister there appealed to them. The population was just the right size to build a congregation, and it was the only church in town. But the renovation, not to mention the accoutrements, would put the costs too high. There was no way they had the budget. They thanked Noah sincerely and promised him he would get his own church real soon. What the Presbytery didn't know was that Noah had recently come into some money. To him, a small fortune. He was 35 and, since the age of 18, had been slaving and studying. While attending the university, he'd worked on boats, docks, and in fish markets out of the port of Seattle. A year ago, his mother had passed and, to his surprise, had left him a hefty portion of her inheritance. So, he offered to lighten the presbytery's financial burden by taking on the renovation costs of the church as a donation, if they would see fit to assign him as the pastor. The proposal was an appealing one for the Presbyterian Church. Before closing the deal, Noah called his closest friend and the man responsible for talking him into the seminary in the first place. George Davenport thought he'd lost his mind. George was a retired Presbyterian minister who had been teaching for the last 15 years at Seattle Pacific University. I can think of a thousand ways for you to throw away that money. George had said. Go to Las Vegas. Put it all on red. Or finance your own mission to Mexico. If those people needed a pastor, they'd go looking for one. Funny that church is still standing there. Useless. Like it's waiting for a rebirth. There must be a reason I happen to see it on eBay, Noah said. I've never looked at eBay before in my life. After much debate, George conceded. If it's structurally sound and the price is right, it might work out. You'd get a big tax write-off with the donated renovation cost and a chance to serve a small, poor congregation in a hick mountain town that doesn't get cell phone reception. Sounds perfect for you. There is no congregation, George, Noah reminded him. Then you'll have to gather one, son. If anyone can do it, you can. You were born to do it. And before you get all insulted, I'm not talking about your DNA. I'm talking about pure talent. I've seen the way you sell fish. I always thought there was a message there. Go. It's what you want. Open your doors and your heart and give it all you've got. Besides... You're the only ordained minister I know who has two nickels to rub together. So Noah inked the deal with the presbytery and hoped his mother wasn't spinning in her grave. Truth be told, she'd always quietly supported him when, years back, he had been determined as hell to run away from the ministry. She had good reason.
Noah's father was a powerful, semi-famous televangelist and a cold, controlling man. Noah had run away while his mother could not. If someone had told Noah 17 years ago, when he fled his father's house at the age of 18, that he would one day be a preacher himself, he'd have laughed in their face. Yet here he was, and he wanted that church, that wreck of a church in that peaceful, uncomplicated mountain town. Several weeks later, Noah was in his 15-year-old RV, which would be his home for a good long time, towing his 20-year-old faded blue Ford truck. En route to Northern California, he called George's office, placing the call from his cell phone before the signal was lost in the mountains and tall trees. I'm on my way into Virgin River, George. Well, boy.